The countdown to Marquette basketball is on. Marquette 12 to shoot in the corner. Elliott open three. Oh, wow. Good again. He's smiling. You can see the oh. bowlers tonight. He's hit four threes. This is the Marquette basketball preview show. He's double teamed to Justin Lewis. Nobody's on him, so he goes to the basket and stumps it with the right hand. He went right by Fremantle and then jammed. Broadcasting live from the Marquette Athletics Summer Block Party at Central Mall. Alongside Marquette Hall of Famer Tony Smith, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. Smith, we are at Marquette on campus. It's the annual summer block party. It's hosted by Marquette student-athletes and coaches right here at the Central Mall. I don't know, Tony, if we were accurate, if actually anybody could come. I think I actually had to have... Uh... Oh, it was yeah. an invite only, yeah. Homer, yeah, a, Homer invited everybody without knowing. And uh, you, he is, uh, if you don't know, Tony's looking at Marquette basketball, men's basketball coach Shaka Smart. Um, yes, I invited everybody. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I should have told him. Just tell him that Shaka said you could come. Who's gonna the more argue? the merrier. Who's going to yeah. argue with that? Uh, welcome. And the last time we talked, I said the same thing. Who's on the team today? But I'm sure you now know who's on the team. What's it been like in what arguably is... One of the craziest years ever in college basketball, correct? Yeah, it's been an interesting offseason just from the standpoint of all the, you know, different changes, rule changes. Uh, you know, when you typically when you take over a, a, a new coaching job, uh, you, you try to get a sense for, you know, who's coming back and who's not. But I mean, obviously, in a year like this, uh, that's a little bit different. Uh, but it's been it's been great, you know, just getting to know these guys. Um, we were obviously busy in the spring with a lot of recruiting to try to fill out our roster. Uh, we really like the guys we have. We certainly have a young team, but uh, we like the, the, the fact that they're here, they're working. Uh, they're pretty connected as a group at this point, and uh, we've got a lot to work on, but we, we're, we're excited about our potential. Yeah, our, our, I mean, typically, though, I mean, if you have a, a bunch of young players, it's going to be the same for you guys because they're going to be doing new stuff. So even the guys that were here, Everything's going to be new. So uh, what type of challenge does that present, having everybody having to get and learn everything new? Well, it, what it does, I think the biggest thing, Tony, is we have to make sure as a coaching staff that we, we simplify. Uh, you know, sometimes as coaches you sit around and, you know, you come up with 101 different ideas of how you're going to score or how you're going to stop the other team from scoring. Uh, but I think when you have so many new guys, I think – uh, when guys are getting used to each other, getting used to a new coaching staff, it's important to prioritize and really simplify. Hey, here's what we want to be really, really good at now, and then you know, in time we can build some layers. I, I don't know exactly how to ask because you used the phrase, and I've stolen it, when somebody asked you about somebody being one and done, and you said everybody's one and done. And so you're starting this, but players can transfer once and not have to sit out are you even to that point, or what's what's the big picture that you look at? You've been doing this a long time, but yeah. never under this set of rules. And I didn't even get into you know the ability of players to sell things now. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole right. other topic we can talk about if you want. But you know, I think for the last several years, uh, the number of guys transferring Huge. has gotten more and more, and then obviously it exploded this past offseason because of what you mentioned guys can now blanket waiver anyone eligible right away as you guys know there was all these 
you know, kind of one-off waivers before where if a guy went back close to home and had a sick relative or there was some compelling reason, he could get that immediate eligibility. But now it's you don't even need a reason. You one you you know one time transfer, you get to be uh, eligible right away. But as I mentioned, for several years now, it's dawned on us as coaches that retention is even more important than recruiting. <laughs> so you want to do a great job in recruiting. You want to attack attract the right guys. But if you can retain the right guys, that's even more important because, as you guys know, you look at Baylor winning the national championship this past year. You look at the Villanova teams that have been so great over the years. They're older. They're experienced. They've been together. Uh, they've been able to retain some of their better players over the years. And so that's, to your point, Homer, uh, as we get going with this year, that's what you always have an eye on for the next year. Talking with Marquette men's basketball coach Shaka Smart. Tony, did you? Oh, well, I was just going to say, I mean, with with your um, philosophy on, on retention, it seemed like that wouldn't change anything you guys are doing now, that the rules have changed, because you guys were, you know, focused on retention anyway. Well, I think what's changed now is the fact that uh, I, I think it's even more out in the open that, hey, Retention is important to us. Um, you know, here's your expectations as a player, as a, as a, uh, you know, the parents, people around the kid, and let's do everything we can to make sure that that um, you know the expectations line up. Obviously, as you guys know, the majority of guys that transfer, it's typically because their role isn't what they want it to be. If you have 12 or 13 guys on scholarship. It's almost impossible for everyone's role to be what they want it to right. be. So some of that stuff is to be determined. Yeah, and, and give that, I was going to say, I mean, does it make it, or do you think, since you haven't been in it long, um, it's going to be, people would say, I would, I would look at it and say, man, it's going to be hard to be tough on guys, right? What's the, how do you walk that fine line? Well, you're still going to have to coach guys. Correct. Hold people accountable. Um, but to me, the foundation has to be a relationship of, hey, I care about you. I want you to be successful. Uh, I'm in your corner. But you got to sprint back on defense hard. <laughs> right. Or you've got to stop turning the ball over or whatever it may be uh, in the areas that we've got to continue to coach guys on and work with guys on. But absolutely, the days of just yelling and screaming at a player for two and a half hours in practice and then no work on relationships outside of that, um, we've never approached it that way, but if anyone has, those, yeah. those days are over. <laughs> what, and I'm sure, as you alluded to, you've kind of always been, what have you learned about retaining or, and, and what works or what you need to learn about a kid or is it their relationship with their parents or is it still too early in that system to know if somebody thinks they're a starter and they're the seventh man and that's not good enough or what? I think clarity, Homer, uh, both ways. Uh, communication with family, communication with anyone else that's in the inner circle of a young man. You know, sometimes it's an AAU coach or high school coach that's very, very close to him. Um, in some cases, it's multiple, you know, coaches in, in addition to the family. But I think just communication and clarity. Here's one thing that I tell our staff all the time is I, I think a mistake that coaches have made in the past. Um, the parent calls and they said, hey, how's Tony doing? And the assistant coach or even the head coach says, he's doing great, you know, doing well, uh, working hard. Okay, good. So that's the end of the conversation. There may be a few conversations like that. But then the game started and Tony's the 10th man on the team. 
And there's a little bit of a disconnect. Well, I thought you told me he was doing great. Uh, how come he's not playing more? Uh, this isn't what we had talked about. This isn't what our expectations were coming in. So I think we just we need to have honest, transparent conversations on the front end and throughout the season, um, and, and just communicate where guys are. Uh, you know, I our three core values are relationships, growth, and victory. So if you think about it, there's no cap on how much we can build relationships. There's no cap on how much we can help every guy on our team grow. Like it's it's only limited by, you know, their work ethic and and just. The, the natural course of growth. But there is a cap on some of the competitive elements of the game. In other words, when we play another team, only one team can win. When we play another team, only five guys can be on the court. We run a play, it can only one guy's going to end up shooting, the other four aren't. So those things that are capped, those are what they are, and we always need to make the right decision with those things as it relates to the program and what we were brought here to do. I'd say you're still very young. You've been a head coach for a long time. At what and when do you go, man, I love this. This is the best part of coaching. This Is is there any aspect of it where you... Oh, a lot of aspects of it. Uh, all the relationship-based aspects uh, I absolutely love. Um, you know, starting in the recruiting process with getting to know guys and their families. Uh, you know, spending time with these guys. Even just, we walked over from the Al. And just talking to a couple of our freshmen and hearing some of the funny things that they had to say. Just the more we can spend time with each other, uh, the more enjoyable it is. And then the, all the competitive elements, Homer, we had a team workout earlier today. And seeing those guys competing with each other and being a part of helping them understand what's going to go into their own success and our team's success. Those are the parts you love. All right, I want to ask you about David Joplin because you both can talk about it. Yeah. You worked on him uh, on your AU yeah, team. Just a, just a young guy, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was just learning. I mean, raw, tall, and skinny, right? Uh, but you could still see the skill set was there. It just We were just trying to develop it. But, um, you know, obviously through high school he's <laughs> he developed and he's, he's become really, really good. So uh, I haven't seen him play in a while. I only saw him maybe once or twice in high school. So. Uh, I have to I have to defer to Coach Smart here to 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 what he's uh, turned into, what kind of player he's turned into. He's a really gifted offensive player, um, and I'll tell you what he he had his best defensive workout yesterday. Uh, he definitely is a little bit ahead on offense of where he is on defense. And as you know, Tony, a lot of times with freshmen, what gets them on the court is being able to guard someone on the other team. You mm -hmm. know, find some position that that guy can guard and he's making progress with that he still has a ways to go but he's a gifted offensive player he can shoot the ball he's got good size he's got a good body he's got a good knack for scoring there's some guys that you look at the stat sheet at halftime and they've only shot once or twice in 14 minutes and you're like man we got to find a way for him to get involved that's not David Joplin. I mean, if he's in the game, he's going to be involved. The ball's going to find him. He's going to get some shots up. He's going to get some offensive rebounds. He's going to mix it up a little bit. Um, so we're excited about him. I think <laughs> it's funny. You talk about uh, retention. You talk about uh, what guys can become. So I told him, I said, hey, I believe your senior year at Marquette, you're going to lead the Big East in scoring. And he kind of looked at me funny because, you know, in the old days when you played, Tony, like, that's that's a compliment, man. <laughs> uh, now in his immediate gratification. I'm not going to be here four years. <laughs> um, 
And I think he got what I was getting at, which is, hey, we've got some work to do, uh, but this is the type of potential you have. You're the only guy on the team I'm saying that to. Um, But I'm super excited. He's been here about six weeks, and he's really taken a big jump in terms of his conditioning more than anything. He's one of those guys, we have a lot of guys like this on the team, that I don't don't think he's ever been in elite condition. So if we can get him there, that's going to help his game. Well, I don't know what the challenge, I think, for you is for, for people to get to know your entire squad. People know some coming back, and I think I start with Justin Lewis because he, he had some huge games. Yes, uh, Justin's an exciting player. And, you know, what a lot of people may or may not know about Justin and Oso is that they were kind of robbed of a summer transition from high school to college by – First, just all the quarantines and, and COVID protocols that were in place, and then actually getting COVID. Um, there was an outbreak on the team last year when the guys first arrived on campus in July. So the summer got canceled. Everyone went home. So the team last year had no summer. Uh, they, all the things we're doing now, they weren't able to do. And as you guys know, for freshmen, that's especially important. So Justin... Still had a pretty good freshman year, even all things considered. Um, and it would have been even better if he wouldn't have hurt his ankle. If you remember, he hurt mm-hmm. his ankle. Um, that really slowed him. But he's had a good summer. You know, he's, he's again, like Jop, he's working on getting in better and better shape. Um, he's a guy that he's getting better and better shooting the ball. And a lot of his game, uh, you know, is, is, is improved by the fact that he can make threes and now team people have to run out of him. Because he can rebound. He can rebound. Yeah, he can rebound. He's a guy that we're going to uh, depend on him to do a lot of things. All right, Greg Elliott's been in the program now 16 years. I told him he doesn't. He shouldn't have a name tag. If people don't know who he is, that's on them. Um, and everybody wondered who's going to come back. He, he, he wants to come back and be a part of your program. Yeah, you know, Greg's a guy that unfortunately has had a lot of injuries over the years. But uh, he's been great this summer is with his work ethic. Uh, we're trying to, again, get him in the best shape he's ever been in. We have a ways to go with that. Uh, but when he gets going, as you guys know, he can really shoot. And he's got a really good offensive IQ out there, which every team needs. All right. And now, also grad student Godara. I think, uh, was he a senior as a freshman? He must have brought <laughs> in like 112 credits. Uh, he, I claim he could have a Ph.D. by the time he finishes in four years. Where is he? A, is he a senior yet academically? I don't think quite a senior, right, but okay. he, he definitely had a lot of credits coming in. Uh, and he's a bright kid. Um, you know, obviously didn't get on the court a lot last year, but I do think he's a guy that has a lot of potential. He, he has a good feel for playing out on the floor and kind of helping what they call flow in basketball, which is kind of going from one play to the next. Um, and so he's gotten a lot stronger since last year when he first came in, and we're excited to see what he can do. Any other player you'd want to mention? I don't, I don't want to go through the whole list because I know there are thousands, hundreds of people here that want to talk to you. So, Well, uh, I mean, we've got ten new guys, nine scholarship mm-hmm. guys. Um, you know, they, they, you talked about David Joplin. We have four other scholarship freshmen, Marion Ellis, uh, Cam Jones, Stevie Mitchell, and key in the Tijere. Um, so those guys are new to the program in addition to our four transfers. Daryl Morsell, uh, who's a grad transfer from Maryland. Kerr Queth, uh, who's also a grad transfer from Oklahoma. 
um, Tyler Kolick from George Mason, and then Omax Prosper, um, who speaks four languages from Montreal, oh, wow. Canada. Um, so those guys, in addition to the three returning guys and our walk-on Cam Brown, who's also new, um, those kind of make up the guys that are here right now working out with our team. And we're excited about the way that they're coming together. Well, my question, the last question is always the same, and that is uh, Marquette basketball fans, you know the passion they have. What's any last comment that you want to make to them as everybody gets to know Wait, you Wait, before better. we get to the last one, can I, are you, I need just one more. Sure, you can have it. You're, just, you're Tony, the Hall of Famer. Listen, you can do whatever you want. Tony, you're always allowed. You, you always get to interrupt <laughs> either one of us. Yes, I agree with that. Coach, this guy talks all the time. He never lets me get in. I, I work with him two hours every day, so I, I, I don't know what he's, what he's about you to do. You talked on Monday. You got five that's, words that's in that's on true. Monday. Uh, no, I, I wanted to know a little bit about the, the, the name, image, image, and likeness thing that's going on and how uh, it's, it's affected, like, everyday life. If How is it? you know come into play with whether it be recruiting or just uh, whatever well i tell you it's it's to be determined tony um because the ncaa really kind of pulled a 180 um right before july 1st and we thought that name image and likeness was going to come online but we thought there was going to be a ton of restrictions in terms of what could or couldn't be done and basically what they said on june 30th was there's only two restrictions. Uh, you can't have what's called pay for play. So they, you know, someone on the street can't just give, you know, Oso a thousand dollars because he's on the team at Marquette. Oso actually has to do something mm-hmm. using his name, image, and likeness uh, in exchange for that, you know, monetary return. And then the other rule is you can't use recruiting inducements. In other words, we can't recruit Tony Smith and say, hey, Tony, if you come here, then this company in downtown Milwaukee is going to pay you $100,000 if you do a set of commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know in recruiting, uh, you know, some th- there's some folks out there that don't necessarily <laughs> go by you know, what, what the NCAA says. Uh, how it changes things is it does open up our players to be able to make money off some of the things they couldn't make money for before. For instance, you know, we're sitting here at this block party and there's kids out there with their parents. If uh, some parent came up to Greg Elliott and they said, hey, Greg, we'll pay you $100 an hour to work out my two sons, that's legal now. You couldn't do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, what a good way, you know, if Greg can find some time on a uh, Sunday afternoon to make some extra money. I'm all for that. I mean, uh, it's legal. It's, it's, it's something we can do under the rules. Guys can make money off their autographs. Guys can make money certainly doing any type of endorsement. Social media is going to be an area where you see some athletes being able to make some some deals. But there's a lot to be learned still. And what I told our guys was before the end of the summer, we will get in front of you a tax expert that can help you understand what the tax implications are. We'll get in front of you a contract expert because any deal that's significant, there's going to need to be a contract in writing. And we'll get in front of you a marketing expert, how, you know, people that can kind of go out and find these type of options for you. Um, there's certain restrictions on what Marquette can and can't do. Um, but we're all for trying to help our guys in any way we can, as long as it doesn't take away from the primary reasons that they came to school, which is become the best basketball player you can become, 
and work towards getting your degree. If you're here four years, get your degree. Uh, those two things have to continue to be the main thing, and I, our guys have been great about understanding that. That's it. All you now. All you. Thank you, as always, and look forward to talking more. And people, uh, I know, Marquette people are very excited and look forward to learning more about you, your well, basketball, and everything that comes with it. Homer, before we go, you asked what I wanted people to know. Yes. Um, and that is, you know, hopefully the folks that are here today will get a chance to meet our guys in person. Um, I want between now and November 9th, our first game, and throughout the season, our guys to, you know, to be exposed to as many uh, fans and students and alums as possible. Um, and not just at our games when they're playing, but at events like this on campus when students come back, uh, out in the community, because we have so many new guys, new coaches, new players. The more folks can get to know our guys and the more we can get to know them, the more synergy there's going to be between the players and the folks that come to the games, all the fans, the students, the alums. And the best basketball situations I've been around in terms of the best programs there's just a unique, special relationship between the players and the fans, and you can feel it during the game. And that's what we want to help create, and it's much easier for fans to feel that way about a Stevie Mitchell or an Amarion Ellis if they actually know something about them. These guys are great guys that I think our fans will really enjoy getting to know. And hopefully, if we can be successful with retention, they can get to know them over the years because these are guys... We don't have any freshmen that are one-and-done guys. You know, we've got guys that are going to build and get better over time. By this time next year, they're going to be significantly better than they are right now. But the exciting thing is we're going to get a chance to watch them get better even during the course of their freshman year. And we're excited about being a part of that process. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, guys. Marquette men's basketball coach, Shaka Smart. It's the Marquette Athletics annual summer block party. I know we're late for a break, but we had Shaka Smart. Next. Yes, we are at the Central Mall on the campus of Marquette. It is the annual summer block party. Uh, it is getting larger and larger and larger and larger. All um, I don't know that all, I assume all of the Marquette varsity teams are here. All those people you invited. That's correct. They're coming. Next year, just, just say Shaka Smart said you. He, he told you to come. No one's going to argue with that. Uh, the event hosted by Marquette Student Athletes. Again, they have their annual summer block party. I didn't have one last year with COVID, but back at it. And uh, there will be some uh, speeches um, by the coaches. And uh, we'll see if we can try to run down Bill Scholl. So what did you think of Shaka Smart? Shaka's awesome. He's, uh, I think I think it's going to be good, man. But like I say, there's going to be some... With so many new players and so many young players, freshmen, uh, you know, I told you last year, freshmen, you know, yep. expect them to be inconsistent. Uh, and, and for the most part, they all were inconsistent, up and down, have a good game here, not so good game there. And that's that's what you're going to get. But that's why I asked them about the, the challenge with just new players, too. You, they might not be young, but. Well, that's so, what I was going to say. All those new transfers yeah, coming Yeah, you, you got the Greg Elliott's coming in and the, the transfers, like you said, who aren't freshmen. Um, you know, Justin. You know they're not freshmen, but they're new to what Shaka wants to do. So it's it's almost it's kind. I mean it's, it's maybe 50% you're a freshman again, right? You're not a freshman physically and mentally, but as far as knowing the stuff and knowing what you're doing, it's all new to you as well. And you don't know how many games it's going to take to figure out 
who to play, the mix to play. I yeah. we didn't ask him like so. Who's the point guard? But um, yeah, I mean they're gonna figure all that out. They're gonna fight it all out in practice and uh, all the all the preseason stuff. And that that'll get worked out. I mean, some of it is probably already getting worked out with uh, guys playing pickup together and working out together. You kind of get a feel for each other and what's going on, and you'll get it all you'll get it all worked out eventually. And I mean, like I say, that's that's just a natural basketball thing. When guys are playing together, you kind of figure out who's you, who. Versus what do you do? You, do you discover all that stuff? On the practice floor, or yeah. does it change sometimes when they're games? Are some players gamers, so, or yes. is the reality that you have a pretty good idea before you go on the floor? Yeah, no, you you certainly have a situation where guys are better in games, but you, you're not going to figure that out, obviously, until the game comes around, right? You're right. Gonna, you're going to see them in practice, and, you know, if they're lackluster in practice, but then they get in the game, and it's like, whoa. Um, yeah, it'll take you a while to figure it out. First thing, coach is going to be like, what happened? <laughs> I didn't see this in practice. What's going on? And then, you know, after a while, he'll come to realize that, oh, this guy's just, okay, we, 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 he's not just, you know, over energetic and over crazy in practice. But when the game comes on, uh, he's ready to roll. But, again, it's just going to take uh, reps, right? And that's what we call it. You're going to take reps to get all that stuff figured out. But even I'm going. You had you had uh, Kevin O'Neill came in your senior year. Yep. But it's not like you had nine new players that year. That's no, that's unheard you, of. I mean, but you still have a, a new coach, and like I say, they really don't. You don't know what that coach likes, or who that yeah. coach likes, or, or or anything about him. So everybody's got basically a fresh start at that point. It's like, okay, we got a new coach. Maybe he likes me. Maybe he likes what I do. Maybe I'll be he'll be impressed by my game. Maybe I'll start to get some minutes. Uh, you don't really know. Until you start going through it, then I think I think it's the same for the coach looking at a new team. He's like, okay, I don't know who's going to do what. Let's see. I'm going to put them through my gauntlet uh, and see who comes out the other side. So I, I think right now that's what this team is going through. Shaka's putting them through what he puts his players through typically. Uh, he's going to see who comes out on the other side and can give him what he needs. Yeah, I wonder what's going to be on the other side for us. This is the Marquette Athletics Annual Summer Block Party, hosted by Marquette student athletes and coaches. We're here at Central Mall on the campus. More next. Yes, we talked with Shaka Smart, the men's basketball coach. Joining us now is Megan Duffy, the women's basketball coach, who I think it's fair to say has one challenge each year. Beat UConn. Is that is that too simple? First of all, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Wow. Just I feel like things are coming back to life uh, here on campus and just seeing some familiar faces. It's, it's great to see both of you, too. Thank you. I won't talk about UConn yet. Let's well, no, UConn here. They weren't in the conference. <laughs> now they're in the conference there. That's... That's your now your challenge. It is. Yeah, when Bill Shull hired me, we had everything pretty much locked in, the deal done, and then he goes, "Hey, I got one more, more little detail that's going to happen." You know, UConn's about to come into the league, and I said, "Okay, great. Let's just raise the bar even more." But it's it's been good. There's there's obviously um, a huge challenge to try and beat them. They're the most storied program in women's college basketball history, and they're only getting better. But just as a competitor, I think it's going to raise our league. It already has raised our league, and we're going to find a way to chip away. And, and, uh, see if we can knock them off at some point. So you've been successful from the day you walked in at Marquette. What? Where are you now? What's? What do you see? We talk about the changes in terms of recruiting and and we talk to Shaka the 
there there's a new rule or there are new rules and life is new to everybody yeah it's so it's so interesting right now and, and coach probably talked about it just it's it's just uncharted territory for college athletics in general and i think we're feeling it as coaches of what will these next couple years look like obviously you mentioned um you know my first two years you come in and you know some expectations were a little bit lower and we exceeded those and you know build kind of a new roster and a team and you know we love our defense we're, we're pretty pretty balanced on the offensive end and and then you you go through a pandemic in your second year too which was wild and crazy in some ways but we were still able to win and build our culture and our team and and now the next challenge as you mentioned is just this new wave going on with the transfer portal with name image and likeness and uh, there's just so many other factors outside of just winning basketball games that we're all trying to navigate and keep our teams intact and we'll see I think we're confident that we have you know both coach smart and I both have a a good direction and uh, where we want this these both these programs to continue to go but it'll be It'll be interesting, is all I say. Uh, how, how back to normal are you guys? You talked about the pandemic hitting in your second year and, and throwing a lot of things off as far as how much you can work out and, and how you do it. How much back to normal are you now this year? Yeah, I, I just say it was just strange how we had to work out, the way we interacted, the way we ate, the way we moved as a, as a unit and a program. And it, it does feel a lot more normal now. Our, our team has been here for about four or five weeks with summer, um, the summer session of taking a couple classes and working out and getting in the weight room. And uh, there's not a lot of restrictions i you know think obviously we got some things in place with the vaccines and a little bit of masking but we, we feel pretty much back to normal and just fingers crossed that you know we can continue pushing forward and you just see the the bounce with with both you know our team and the men's team of just wanting to get better and hungry with everything and uh for college kids to have to obviously go through what they did through last year it's, it's just not normal so we're, we're glad to kind of turn the page hopefully on some things how do you have any idea i asked the shaco who's on the who's on the team today but you have the transfers that you've added in what's the process of putting a team together and is it every day of the year yes it's every day of the year and i think you know historically you've always built your teams you know for example okay you, you recruit a point guard maybe every two years right and you recruit you know a, a center or your or your your high level top got to get no questions you got your role players that kind of fit in and now you're recruiting i think every position um in every class now and i think you're always throughout the whole year you know watching are people going to be you know, moving, changing, um, changing places. But what we're trying to figure out is how do you still keep your culture? How do you still keep the love for Marquette of people who just want to be here? And I, I hopefully believe that those core group of young men and women will still be like that. And then, obviously, there'll be a few changes here and there. And even if you lose somebody, you have the opportunity to bring somebody in for a second chance that maybe for whatever reason just needed a change or wanted to get back to the Midwest. And, you know, I think in some ways – part of the portal will help Marquette women's basketball because, you know, recruiting always against the Big Ten and ACC and some high-level conferences that, you know, maybe we, we lost them on the front end and, you know, they want a, they want a different opportunity maybe in a couple of years. And so that's kind of the forecast of how it might look down the road. Yeah, how, how many, uh, you know, Coach Smart talked about, he's got 10 new guys coming in. That's a lot of God guys. <laughs> right? Uh, but, I mean, you, for, for when you first came here even, uh, you have to teach them your system. You're, so everybody's new at, at that point, right, coming into a how, how how Do you have a number? Like, I'm, I don't want more than, like, four new players a year because I don't want to have to, you know, go through those growing pains of teaching 
uh, a big part of my team, uh, mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, I don't think we want that, but now it's turning into you'll have to be ready sometimes. To, when it used to be three or four freshmen that might come in, now it could be seven, eight new people. Um, I hope in a couple years it'll kind of work itself out with that because there is something to be said of, you know, uh, once you get your culture and your foundation and your skill sets in, you should be building each and every right. year, right? A freshman should never look the same as they did, you know, did sophomore, junior, senior year. There should be huge, huge improvements and incremental improvements, and that'll be the test of will that will we be able as fans as you know supporters as even within our coaching staff can you see those those positive changes but it, it puts a little bit more on us as coaches to figure out what are the most important things to be teaching to be emphasizing because you know if you have a whole gym of new guys sometimes you can't move as quickly as you as you want to move just you know because down the road that'll hurt you in games where you know, you got to make free throws or finish layups or whatever it is. <laughs> Talk with Megan Duffy, the Marquette women's coach. Uh, and now tell some of the names. Uh, people that follow the program know them, but there will be some new players as well that, uh, that, you, that people will get to know. Absolutely. Well, we lost Selena a lot to um, graduation, and she turned pro, so she'll be living her best life overseas nice. and got a, a chance to play with the Minnesota Lynx in WNBA training camp. The other senior that we had, Lauren Van Clunen, is back. We, uh, we tease her how old she is now. She's coming back for a sixth year. She's smart. She goes, I don't want to get into this real world it's quite the, it's yet. It's Greg Elliott of the women's yeah, team. Yeah, right. yes. Yes, So she'll have one more year. We're, we're just extremely thrilled to have her back just from her leadership and her experience on the floor. She's so steady, just the way she can play inside, outside. I think we're, we're really looking forward to her to, to carry the load in some ways. Jordan King has been a starter since the day she walked on campus as our point guard, and we're going to try and move her over to the wing spot a little bit, and she's got a great deal of experience, like I mentioned, and we'll move into a little bit more of a scoring role. And then two transfers we actually got coming from the Big Ten, uh, Carissa McLaughlin from Purdue is a fifth year, so she'll have one year with us, can flat out stroke the ball and shoot the ball. That was a need, we thought, you know, to make an, another jump in a different way. We had to get some, some better perimeter um, scores from the three-point land, and they moved the line back for us a little bit, so we wow. really got to kind of adjust to that. Um, and then Kennedy Miles um, is coming from Illinois, started two years for them, and decided to make a change. And I had a previous relationship with her when I was at Miami University. And so there's a couple uh, just great pieces we have. And then I'm excited about that core kind of below below those young women of just, you know, kind of coming into new roles and new responsibilities. It'll be fun to watch. Is there any way to explain to an outsider, like, or is it kids just being kids? This person does well at a one school, but nope, they just decide to go to another school. Or it can be, because fans are like, how come players go somewhere else? Why don't our players, just the dynamics of it, there's so much movement. Is there any way you can explain to people on the outside why some do this and why some you're talking about two successful players at yeah. successful programs and they go oh, i want to go to marquette and yeah, which is great there, yeah there's a lot of, of different reasons i wish i could give you the the, the perfect <laughs> blueprint um i think we're still trying to figure that out but you, you still got to go back to you know their character and what they want and their experience you know there's a lot of different reasons so i'll let you know when i figure it out uh, <laughs> homer <laughs> yeah. changes every day yep Every All right, day. well, congratulations on the time so far, and I look forward to the win over UConn. Uh, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate it. good luck. Megan Duffy, Marquette women's coach, and again, it's the uh, Marquette student-athletes and the coaches here at Central Mall and campus, the annual summer block party. I have no idea what's next. This is the Marquette annual summer block party, Homer and the Hall of Famer Tony Smith. This is all hosted by the Marquette student-athletes all around here in all the various sports. 
here at Central Mall on Marquette Campus, joined by Athletic Director Bill Scholl. First of all, welcome, and it's nice. There was no such event last year, and it's feeling closer to normal. Is that accurate? Uh, Homer, Tony, great to see you guys. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it does feel a whole lot more like normal. And, you know, I know we're all a little bit worried right now about the, the, this newest variant, but as of right now, we're living pretty normal lives. And just to see this many people back out here, you know, I, I've been here now for, well, seven summers, six of these because we didn't have one last summer. And it's it's such a great event. And it's just it's just good to see people again. Can you take us through any of it, or is it just good to move forward? Or what was the toughest part? What was it like? Was there a day when you thought, I think we're through it? Or I mean, I remember the day when you're watching the NBA and Rudy Gobert tested positive and we're in New York, and that's the day it started. That's the moment it started. Right. And, you know, what I look back on now is kind of our naivete about what was ahead of us. Because when we were in New York, I'm thinking, okay, week, two weeks, couple of months. You know, <laughs> right. I certainly thought by fall our teams would be playing again. And, you know, by the time we got to – the day that really hit me was around July 4th when our two basketball teams had come in to start summer workouts. And two days later we sent them home because we had some infections and, and there had been a spike around the Marquette campus uh, on those couple of days. And, and I thought, holy cow, where do we go from here? And then as we got near August, I'm thinking, I don't know when we're going to play again. And, and truly didn't believe we'd get a Big E season under our hats last year but thank goodness you know we all worked hard enough at it and our medical leaders figured out ways to put protocols in place that allowed it to work and we got through it safely and by spring all of our teams were out playing. Uh, the ability of everybody involved the athlete, everything when you i think when people look back they're going to be in awe of the ability to have a season that occurred i agree and you know what you guys would certainly appreciate this one of the things that re- has really stuck with me was the first game in fiserv and I walked in, and our guys are warming up, and it's dead silent, and there's nobody in the building, and it felt like a scrimmage to me. You know, not to, not to our guys, fortunately, but to me, it just felt like a scrimmage. And I give our kids a lot of credit for generating energy because there were no fans there to help give them anything. And it was all about the coaches and the players providing energy on the floor. And it was amazing. And not just at our place. All the Big East schools we visited, you know, I was able to travel with them, which was nice. So I got to go to the road games. And everywhere you went, the two teams created a lot of energy. It was really pretty impressive when you think about it. Yeah, and and now fans will, you know, they've seen sporting events now. You know, look at the NBA Finals. There's fans and and everything. We're out here at at this event. There's fans. but there's still got to be some protocols in place. So how, I, we're asking Coach Martin and Coach Duffy how close are they back to just being normal. But I, I'm sure uh, what are the protocols now? How are they different? How, how strict are they still? How lenient are they? Well, for, you know, I mean, Marquette's got a bunch of protocols that are still in place. Uh, we are requiring students to vaccinate before they come back to school. Now there are some opt-outs that are available to, to students who don't want to go there. But obviously the encouragement is to get as many uh, vaccinated as possible. Uh, right now, uh, if you're vaccinated, you know, for example, for the past year, we've had to fill out a questionnaire every morning. It's an app on our phone. We had to fill it out whether or not we had symptoms and kind of, you know, take your temperature and do all that. Well, if you're vaccinated, you no longer have to do that. If you're not vaccinated, you still have to complete that every day. Uh, so there are still some things in place, but relative to practice, team meals. You know, I don't know if you remember, they used to have to spread out at team meals. You'd sit at a, mm-hmm. a pregame meal and there'd be two people at a big eight-foot round table. Right. Um, you know, so all of that kind of stuff is, is back to normal and, and they're not wearing masks in practice and, uh, you know, so it, it, it feels normal until you start hearing reports of 
people, obviously, people, unfortunately, are still getting sick. Right. But, Tony, to your point, there will be protocols coming from the NCAA somewhere in the very near future, even for our fall sports. We have games in about three weeks. Right. You know, our fall teams start playing games. So there will be protocols passed on by the NCAA, always subject to your local laws, whatever your local health department says. I love asking the boss about the coaches. Megan Duffy has won from day one. <laughs> she and, has, literally. what you thought when you hired her and, and what exists now. Yeah, I, I, I will say I, I thought we were getting a really great young coach who was you know, on her way up to stardom, and I still believe that's true. I think she's really just proven it. Uh, I didn't expect year one to go as well as it went. I mean, we lost five 1,000-point There were two teams in the country that year that had five 1,000-point scores in their lineup. In our case, they were all seniors. They all graduated. So that's the team she inherited. And for her to go out and do what she did that year, I, I think was simply amazing. Big East Coach of the Year. Um, you know, would have made the NCAA tournament had there been one, mm-hmm. and uh, and got to the Big East championship game. You know, and unfortunately it was DePaul's turn to host, and we went over there and got beat. But uh, I, I think simply amazing. So nothing she does now is going to shock me. I, I mean, I, I think she is a phenomenal coach, and, and we're blessed to have her here at Marquette. I always think there's an there's an offensive that you like, and she, but but. You don't have to go to one game to know you better guard. Yes. You better be tough and you better guard. You want to play at Marquette? Yeah. That's where it starts. Yes. Now, that being said, I do love her offense. I I love the action we run. You know, a lot of back cuts. I mean, it's it's fun to watch, and there's a lot of precision to it. And, uh, you know, when she comes out of timeouts, she normally gets a bucket. All right. To the men's in Shaka Smart. Mm -hmm. What you thought, the process was very quick, and and, and now – Hasn't been that long, and do you know anybody on the team? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've had a chance to meet them. Uh, it, yeah, it, 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 you know, in my mind, it was going to be interesting to see what kind of turnover was generated because it's a little different than the last time I had been around a coaching change because of the, the transfer portal primarily mm-hmm. and the impending NIL. Uh, which got passed, obviously, before some of these guys made final decisions. So um, I, I was, uh, there's always transition when you have a new coach, always. I, I wouldn't have guessed it would be as significant as it was. Um, but, again, I feel like we're in a new landscape. I, I really worry. I, I wonder about where the next four-year player is at one school. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure that that world. I'm, I'm concerned that that world. Because at any small school, that one's that player's gone before four years. Yeah, it, some it, bigger it, school. It, yeah, right, yeah. and then and then the, the mid majors are going to turn around and take somebody from the low majors, and the low majors Correct. will reach down to D two and take somebody out of there. And I, I, you know, before the the new the the no sit rule, there were 46, 47 percent of Division one players were transferring at least once. That number is only going to go up now, mm-hmm. and and uh, so you just wonder between going pro early and the ease with which you can pick a new school, you, you just wonder how often our fans are going to get to watch the same kid for four straight years. What and that's that's unfortunate. But I will say this: kids ought to be able to go to school where they want to go to school. I'm very comfortable with right. that. And everybody will figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. What did you know of Shaka Smart when you hired him? What have you learned of him since he's become here? Well, Coming. I mean, I, I, I certainly had the appreciation for him as a coach and what he had accomplished at VCU. Uh, right. and, and I think carry, certainly carried over at, at Texas. And, you know, I think, he, I, think, I think he was having his best 
So, you know, I, I know obviously the upset against Abilene Christian happened. They won, but, the, they won the conference. But they won their first, Texas's first right. conference tournament. And, and, you know, you look at the level of talent. So, you know, I, I, I believe in coach. I believe he can recruit. And I believe he does it the right way with the right kids, which makes him a great fit for Marquette. What I have learned since I've gotten to know him even better is he's incredibly intelligent. He is really thoughtful and incredibly well-read. Uh, you name a book. He's probably, if, if it's a book about leadership or motivation, he's probably read it. Well, they've already exchanged books. Yeah, believe, there you go. You better see? believe that. Uh, yeah, see? Uh, and, and so, you know, as a person, every time I'm with him, I'm more and more impressed with who he is. I just think that we're curious. He's clearly a curious that's a, person that's a great, about everything. That's a great way to say it. So. I agree. You, you bring up a topic, he, he can talk about it. Yeah, or he wants to learn about exactly. it if it's a good topic. you got totally to look agree. about that. Totally uh, agree. Uh, you know how passionate Mark. Marquette fans are. Anything you want to tell them about college sports? Everybody's curious. How stable is it? What's going on? And there's so many new things. Yeah, you know, first of all, the NIL that everybody's talking about, we'll, we'll get through that. Name, we'll survive it. Yeah, name, image, likeness. Yep. You know, in my mind, it's kind of the Olympic model. You know, you don't get paid to play in the Olympics, but you can make money on your fame and fortune. And I think I'm fine with college students having the ability to do that. I wish we had one set of rules instead of this patchwork that we've got in place. Um, but that one doesn't overly concern me. Uh, the Texas-Oklahoma thing is, is interesting, and I'm concerned about some future dominoes that could result from that. And I don't know what they are. I have no idea what they are. I just feel like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this is a good thing for the industry. Look, looking forward to getting back to normal. Thanks. Uh, good to see yep, you guys. You. really is. All right. We'll All right. be seeing you. Tony, thank you. Homer, thanks. You bet. Tony, get the last word. we got ten seconds left. Ten seconds. Oh. Now he's going to give me a word. Can you believe this? Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. I want to thank everybody. The Marquette Athletic Annual. Marquette. Yeah. Very yeah. well done. Thank you. Uh.